This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kerpin. Now, Carrie Kerpin. Oh no, it's Ashley Cat. What's that? It's actually her Twitter handle. Ashley Cook is amazing. Currently working as a manager and senior creative producer at BuzzFeed.com. Perhaps you've heard of them. She produces branded content for ginormous brands like Nickelodeon and Target. She's had an amazing career thus far. You'll hear how she followed one of her favorite bands on the planet and got the job of her dreams. Then she took some time off. She taught kids yoga. She's had like the most varied career you've ever heard and then landed at one of the biggest tech companies around, BuzzFeed. It's pretty incredible. Take a listen. Welcome, Ashley, to the show. Ah, hi. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so happy to have you here. And as I told you, you are one of my Twitter faves. So it was very exciting to get you on as a guest today. Oh my goodness. I'm, I'm like over here blushing. Good. <laughs> well, although I know you from Twitter, our listeners may not. So why don't you tell us the story of your career and how you got to the pretty awesome place that you are today? Sure. Uh, it's a long story, kind of. I love long stories. Uh, let's see. I graduated from college in 2006 with a degree in computer art. Um, but I was really into the band Fall Out Boy at the time. I don't know if you are familiar, but they are. Yeah. Um, and so I actually wound up getting an internship with their management company for the last semester of college. And, um, I guess I did something right because they kept me and I wound up staying there for six years. Uh, so wait a minute before we go forward. Did, yes. Were you like, I'm obsessed with fallout boy. I need to find a way to work with them. And you just went after it. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. Wow. Um, I had, it, it was really weird how it actually happened when I was in college. Uh, I was very indecisive. And so I had many majors. And at one point I was a music industry major because the kids in that division got to go to something called NAM, which is in California, which is a big music, uh, like merchandising, uh, kind of, it's not a festival, but a convention. Yeah. Convention okay. is the word. Okay. <laughs> um, and so another band that I really liked Blink-182, the drummer Travis Love. Barker, yes, uh, was sponsored by by a certain microphone company and I was waiting online for like an hour to get his autograph and I wound up talking to a representative from the company who was always like what bands are you listening to we kept in touch at one point I was like Fall Out Boy he wound up doing some kind of an endorsement deal with them and then like a few months later was like hey their management company needs interns I passed along your name and information and I was like whoa thank you very much 
Uh, and, wow. and so that's how I got in there, which is kind of crazy. And then you were there for six years. Yeah, yeah. I was the, uh, the president of the company's assistant. And then I also ran a social networking website that Pete from Fall Out Boy had started called friendsorenemies.com where I was the voice of the site. I like to say I was like the Tom of MySpace. I was the Tom of Friends or Enemies. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and so that was really cool because that website was essentially kind of like Twitter and Instagram for artists before all of those existed. Wow. Um, yeah, we had these really cool Nokia phones that we could live stream things where kids could chat. And it was kind of everyone's backstage pass because it was before artists were sharing their normal daily lives on the internet. So it was was really, really, really cool. And it was a great opportunity. And I was like, Hey, I really like doing this. Yeah. So that was really fun. Uh, but then in 2011, I kind of got burnt out and I was like, I need to take some time for myself. And, uh, I wound up getting certified to teach kids yoga (laughs) <laughs> wow. Yeah. I love this whole story. This yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. Uh, and so I did that for about a year and I taught out in Rockville Center on Long Island. And yeah. uh, I was walking across the street and there was a little store that I loved their window displays. And so I went in one night and I started talking to the girl behind the counter and I was like, I love what you guys do. And she's like, are you looking for a job? And I was like, not really, but I'll fill an application out. And uh, I did. And a few months later, they called me and knowing my background with kind of marketing and, and the whole internet stuff, they brought me on to do all of their digital campaigns. Okay. And they were, they were especially trying to grow their, uh, their e-commerce business. So I kind of took that on and in the process realized, hey, this is what I'm really good at. I love digital content and marketing and advertising. I'm ready to put my big girl pants on again and go back to the city and, and like do this for real. And so I've been at Buzzfeed ever since. Okay. So you had this incredible sort of fallout boy experience. Then you were like, okay, I'm going to step back in my career. I'm going to go, I'm going to teach kids yoga. I'm going to work in Rockville center. And then you're ready to go back and Mm -hmm. you get into Buzzfeed. Was it like you just saw an open position, got in and did it? Was it through networking? How did you get there? Again, through networking, uh, one of my good friends, Alix, who worked at the music management company with me had gotten into Buzzfeed about a year or two earlier. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was like, when I was getting ready, I was like, Hey, I want to work there. And so I would nudge her a bunch. And, uh, I think I eventually, I don't even remember doing this, but I'm told that I sent her the Ryan Gosling meme, you know, the like, Hey girl. Of course. Yeah. So I sent her a meme that said, Hey girl, when's Buzzfeed going to hire me? And, uh, <laughs> that's when they brought me in. That's amazing. And so what did you first come in as? So I came in as a fellow because I didn't have traditional agency experience. Yeah. So uh, I was like, okay, um, I'm 30, but I'm going to be a fellow. That's okay. I'm eight years older than everyone else that I'm doing this with, but I need the experience. And so I did that for a few months. And then um, I got hired as a creative. And then within the next nine months, I would say I was hired or I got a promotion to senior creative 
And now I am a manager in the department and I, I get to work on all this cool stuff while also managing an amazing team. Okay. So let's talk about what you do and specifically um, the approach for brands. As I've seen, you've done a lot of great stuff for companies like Nickelodeon and Target. Talk to me a little bit about um, your role and how it fits into the BuzzFeed infrastructure in terms of what you do. Yeah, sure. Uh, So a brand will come to us with their kind of campaign and what they want to advertise. And then it's my job to then kind of figure out what I can take from that campaign and spin it in a way that people will want to, you know, read and and things they're going to share on Facebook, right? So for instance, Target has a campaign that they're launching right now called Made to Matter, which mm-hmm. is all of their organic kind of things. Uh, you know, there's a dryer ball, there's a product about chips, and there's there's something else that I can't remember. But uh, one of their or one of their items is made in a nut-free facility. So I was like, well, that's really big. You know, it's really hard for parents, especially, to find snacks for children who have nut allergies. So what if we did a post that was like the do's and don'ts of knowing a child or someone with a nut allergy? Uh, So that's what we did. and, And our great animators turned all of my copy into this amazing post which actually was just turned into an animated reel, which will autoplay on Facebook. Um, And we've seen some really, really, really great comments like, this is so nice. Finally, people like understand what it's like to be in this position. And it's, it's really cool. So it sounds like the content you're creating is traveling far beyond even BuzzFeed when you're putting it up as animated reels on Facebook and really distributing that content. Oh, yeah, totally. You know, for the, we kind of like to think about uh, where content will live. So we do specific posts, you know, it's like, okay, is this going to go on Pinterest? Is this going to go on Facebook? Or is this going to be a distributed asset that could live on Instagram? So it's more than just like putting a list together. It's figuring out where items in it will thrive and then kind of tailoring the content to the platform. When brands come to you, is it essentially that you act as an agency? You mentioned before agency experience. It sounds like that's kind of the approach you're taking, but how it fits within um, within BuzzFeed's properties. Is that is that right? Not really. I mean, it depends on the client. Uh, a lot of clients still use their agencies. Yep. We don't really do much client direct business. Mm, so it's almost uh, all through the agencies. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Got so, it. um, sometimes there are a lot of cooks in the kitchen. I bet. I bet. <laughs> well, because uh, you guys are so creative in terms of what, the type of work that you're doing. So it's probably creative, creatives with creatives with creatives makes mm-hmm. for an interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. I bet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's a lot of, okay, well this fits your audience and this fits our audience and how do we mix it all together to create something that won't alienate either party's demographic. Yep. And when you guys are concepting on what will resonate on Buzzfeed and you're like, you're thinking about, okay, I have this brand. I have to make it interesting for Buzzfeed. I have to figure out what to do. Um, Is it, 
when you're thinking about it, is it sort of predictive? Do you say, we know that this will work because, or is it more like you guys just kind of go with gut, you know what works and just do it? Is it just the team is so well-versed or is it like, are you using data to dictate what would, what would work and how? It's a little bit of both. We have an amazing research department here mm-hmm. where we can go in and mine a bunch of stuff, which is super helpful, especially for returning clients. Um, but we also kind of, you know, our motto is a test and learn approach. Mm-hmm. And so my favorite thing here is when we get a client that's willing to experiment. Like my favorite thing ever is, you know, in the last year or so I got to work on Reese's and I did, which is, that's how it's pronounced. I've been told, (laughs) I know that there's a big debate between Reese's and Reese's. Oh no, it's Reese's. It's It's Reese's. It's totally Reese's. And I got confirmation when I was in a meeting and I was like, I'm right. As you should. Yeah. (laughs) I would ever say Reese's. It's just not acceptable. No, not at all. Uh, But but don't even get me started, though, because you know on BuzzFeed you can have the whole GIF versus GIF debate as well. That's GIF. It's It's GIF, isn't it GIF? Yes. But But why do people say it's officially GIF? I think it's because the creator of the format was like, that was his pronunciation and it's the hard J, like the peanut butter. Yeah. But no, no. No, it's GIF. Yeah. You're all wrong, guys. Exactly. They're wrong. It's not Reese's and it's not, it's not Jim <laughs> and continue. Okay. Yes. So you were meeting with Reese's. Oh, yeah. And so um, they were super willing to do a bunch of experimental posts, which was really cool. So I got to launch our first 21-day challenge on the branded side. Edit had done things like this in the past and we're like, hey, well, let's let's go for it. So we did it and it was awesome. You know, and I was also able to kind of think of a new quiz format uh, and and got our dev team involved. And uh, we brought it to Campbell's as a first-to-market idea and was like, hey, no one's done this before. And we, ne- we knew we needed someone with a really large catalog. And so we wound up being able to put 250 of their recipes into a quiz, which was also really cool. That is really fun. Now, how when you when you're studying and looking at the success of a post, are you looking at the overarching reach? Is that the primary metric for success in terms of working with BuzzFeed, or is it? Are you also looking at the engagement? Like what what matters? Um, for the most part, I think reach for sure. But but it also depends on the brand's KPIs. You know, do they want to drive more awareness to their product? Are they looking for more clickouts, which we don't really encourage? Right. But I think it's more, you know, you could have a post that could be seen a million times, which is amazing, or you could have a post that you know, it's put up on Facebook and people are tagging all of their friends and that's amazing as well. So I think it really depends on the brand, what they're looking for and what they consider successful. And what do you think that people who today, so we have a lot of listeners who work in digital marketing, some are at publishers, some are at brands. What do you think that digital marketers can take away and learn from the rampant success of BuzzFeed? Ooh, um, learn to have fun, learn to, uh, go niche. There are people in, you know, 
people have all sorts of interests and you're never going to know who is going to like what. And so I like to think like, go really niche, right? Uh, this is the best story I could I can tell. Uh, I did a great post for Target. It was like one of our first lit forms. They wanted to do an April Fool's joke about something called the fanny basket. And so <laughs> they made this prototype that I have behind my desk where it was essentially a basket that you wore around your waist. Yeah, fit like a fanny pack, uh-huh. but a fanny basket. Amazing. Exactly. And uh, so we took it out to a Target in Levittown and shot all this stuff. And uh, as like a joke take, one of the girls was wearing the fanny basket while also hula hooping. Mm -hmm. And like we added it to the post because we thought it looked silly and fun. Target went went with it and was like, yeah, sure. And two days later, I went to go get my hair cut at a new place. And the hairdresser is like, oh, what do you do? And I was like, I work for BuzzFeed, but I work for the branded side. She's like, have you written anything? I might have seen lately. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I just did this funny thing for Target. And she goes, wait a second. Was that the post with the girl hula hooping with a basket? Oh, my God. And I was like, yeah. And she goes, I'm in a hula hooping Facebook group. And someone just posted that article in our group because there's a girl hula hooping in it. No. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, That's like in um. When this is, I'm really gonna date myself, but in the very old uh, movie when Harry met Sally, when okay. um, yeah, it's when Bruno Kirby says, "Nobody has ever quoted me back to me before." <laughs> you were basically quoted too. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> that is awesome. Okay, so question about brands. So I know that typically to work with BuzzFeed, it's a pretty significant investment, and then there are also community posts, right? So you can either do a larger branded kind of campaign and then there's community posts that anyone in the community can post. Is that right? Yes, but we discourage brands from making community posts. Okay. So talk to me about the value of brands participating with BuzzFeed is what kind of what they get and and why it's worth it and they should do it. And it's amazing. And I want to hear all of that. (laughs) I want to hear everything about why it's great. I don't know how many secrets I can give away, but everyone, but you can say (laughs) maybe like a half secret. Okay. Um, you know, we have a large audience. Uh, there are people coming to Buzzfeed from all over the world every day, every minute, you know, we're doing so many cool things. I don't know if you know about the watermelon video that was seen around the world where you tell our listeners so that everybody uh, gets, gets to be educated on the excitement. The watermelon video. The watermelon video happened right below my desk uh, where two people in edit decided that they wanted to work with Facebook Live's new feature. And they essentially recorded themselves in white jumpsuits, putting rubber bands around a watermelon and counted how many it took for the watermelon to explode. And so, you know, that's happening while also yesterday we had President Obama being interviewed on Facebook Live. So, you know, BuzzFeed gets attracts people with many different interests. And, you know, if one of these things is happening and your, your, your you know, advertiser's name is in the byline right next to something or underneath something, that's pretty good exposure for you, right? Absolutely. 
So wow, that, that's so. How many rubber bands did it take? Do you know the exact number? Oh gosh, I think it was in like the seven or eight hundreds. I know that the girl had blisters on her hands after because she was just. Isn't it amazing though what con- what content resonates? Like you just think about certain things and it's like and it just goes wild. It's nuts. Whether like there's such a huge difference between President Obama and the and the rubber bands on on the watermelon, and yet both were so effective. Oh, totally. You know, it's like when we're brainstorming and coming up with ideas, and I don't say this to undervalue anything, but sometimes I like to say, this is dumb enough that it just might work. You know, like there's there's a really fine line between something being like, okay, yeah, on the nose and something being so off kilter that people will respect it and see it and, and like have fun with it, hopefully, uh, that I, I kind of always encourage that side of everything. Just, just like, yeah, get weird. Pushing, yeah. Pushing the limits a little, being a little weird and trying something. I think that's key. Okay. Ashley, talk to me about this. You are working at one of the most social companies of all time. It's uh-huh. definitely, a, you know, socially native. When you get home mm-hmm. and when you are not working, mm-hmm. are you on the internets or are you off the internets and are you engaged in social media? Oh my gosh. I am uh, like embarrassingly engaged. Okay. Uh, I love Twitter. My phone is always in my hand. I love Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I love Instagram. I live alone with a cat. And so I use Twitter as kind of like my imaginary friend or the roommate that I don't have to clean up after. But this you know? works. This is why everyone's obsessed <laughs> with you on Twitter. Certainly I am. <laughs> well, thank I you. I know it. It's true. <laughs> You, you're good at it because you're home with the cat. I think I love this whole thing. Okay, so you're so Twitter is your imaginary bestie. Yeah. Where yeah. else? Where else are you in the world? Uh, I I am on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I feel like I'm a little too old to be on Snapchat, which everyone in my office disagrees with. But I also like, and I'm probably gonna you know put my foot in my mouth and I'll be on it in the next six months. Yep. But yep. I just don't feel like I need another, uh, like site to spend time on. Well, I feel like for you, because you give it your all, you would be obsessed on there all the time. I think you're, you're proceeding with caution (laughs) and quite intelligently. So, because I think if you're on there, forget it, you're going to be like vomiting rainbows all day. (laughs) That's it. My flower crown. Look at my flower crown. Exactly. You need, you need a Coachella flower crown. That, that flower crown is so Coachella. It hurts. Like every time I look at it, I'm like, okay. Um, Yeah. I do do back it for brands. I do back it for brands, but I think so. I mean, yeah, we, you still have to see though, right? Because it's like, it's, it's a little hard to measure, but I think ultimately, um, it's where people are going. And I think it's fascinating that it is totally counterintuitive for anyone over the age of 30. No question. Oh, no question. And like, I don't know. I think I also come from a culture that like years ago when it first started, and I don't know if I can say this, but it was kind of like a hookup app. Yes, totally. Of course. You know, and I was just like, I don't, I'm not joining this. Right. What is this? This is, this is for naked photos. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. uh, Yes. For sure. For sure. So, okay. So I'm going to watch and see if you get on there. I'm going to (laughs) predict in nine months you'll be on there. All right. Go with a nine monther. Okay. So since Twitter is your imaginary bestie, let's invite all the besties to come join you on Twitter and visit you. Where should they follow you? 
Oh no, Ashley Cat. O H N O Ashley A S H L E Y Cat C A T. Oh no, Ashley Cat. <laughs> One of my favorite people to follow. And where should they check out um, great Buzz? Where can they check out the work that you do on Buzzfeed? Well, because I write under brands' names, uh, they check. You're not searched by you, right? No, they can just kind of see something and imagine that maybe I did it. Perhaps it will be a, a mystery. Every time you see an incredible piece of branded content, you could say, oh no, Ashley Cat did that. <laughs> <laughs> in, my, in my mind. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you for being on the show today, Ashley. You're one fabulous social lady. Thank you so much for having me. I love that I got to meet you over Twitter. And here we are. Twitter besties. You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kerfin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kirpin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likeable.com. This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com.